Yes, it's a Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. And now the hosts of Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Hello, and welcome again to the 12 Days of Ultraman, Day 5, here on the Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me, as always, is the Mr. Narwhal to my Arctic Puffin, Patrick Green. Hey, everybody. How are you? You're going to keep you know crying, where, huh? Do you know where that one's from? Do you know where that one's from? I want to say Year Without a Santa Claus. That is, is that right? Elf. That oh, is, is that Elf when he goes oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, he yeah, meets yeah, yeah. all the claymation critters out in the... Okay. Out Fair in enough. The, uh, yeah. You're like, hey, buddy. He's like, not now, Arctic Puffin. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Narwhal shows up movie. when he... You do. You do. Hey, here's a here's a completely non Ultraman fact for you. That movie does not contain subtitles. Like even if you want to put subtitles on, there are no subtitles on that or the bloody Blu-ray. Because so I was going to upgrade it to good. Blu-ray. Because right, of like, course, it's five bucks on Amazon. I might as yeah. well throw it in with whatever else I'm ordering. Um, right. No, no subtitles. That's weird. Yeah, that's that, very. That weird. seems like a bad choice. Yeah, because you want the people that cannot hear to be able to watch your movie which is fantastic yeah exactly one of my favorite christmas movies it is I think we watch everything with subtitles because the kid is loud so <laughs> yeah, know, fair, fair. yeah i watch everything with subtitles <laughs> my only problem is it does ruin comedy sometimes because the punchline comes up before the delivery so ah uh, yeah the timing is off too but you gotta yeah. kind of deal with it i got you yeah yeah, when I have somebody who's uh, playing uh, blippy videos in the background, you deal you do with what you, you got to do. do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about, Patrick. We're here to talk about Dawn, episode Dawn, run around, oh, God, no. I don't know where that came from. Sorry. <laughs> um, episode five of Ultraman Orb, the origin saga from the 23rd of January, 2017. Hideki Oka again is our director. Sotaro Hayashi again is our writer. Um, and uh, so we've got Amate, Empress Amate, running into the forest and was spotted by a young villager. With uh, uh, She then sees her citizens praying for the royal tree. Okay. Right. Tree well, they're praying for the tree of life, yes. Yeah. Uh, in orbit around Canon, infected Vakashim and Virakron uh, assist the Bezos with guarding said planet. They just look so peaceful floating there, too. I, they look like they're asleep, which yeah, is like really up, weird. Like, ah, like this is cool. Who's a good monster? Who's a good monster? Oh, look at that leg go. Look at it. Look at it. Exactly. <laughs> you going to get your bunnies? You going to get them? So uh, uh, Cosmos arrives and tries to purify the enslaved uh, monster pair. But now, is fails. that what Cosmos does is purifies the monsters? Yeah. Since and, I don't know. Yeah, we've, that's why we've seen Cosmos in something once. And that's his thing. He he attempts to, like, when monsters are, uh, like, you know, when you, you encroach into a monster's territory and they're like, ah, this is my house and I'm going to eat all you jerks. And Cosmos generally comes down to be like, all right, look, let's calm down. We can work this out. And the monster's okay. like, yeah, okay. You know, okay. And then if they don't calm down, that oh, and then he, he goes. Then he blows him. the hell out of him. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. Yeah, that <laughs> was, tried. Yeah, that was like a big thing about Cosmos. Is a lot of people were like, he doesn't so much. It's not as fighty as other Ultra series are. Okay. Because they were trying something different, 
and everybody knows that any kind of fan hates anything different until they want something different. Yes, yes. They keep wanting to be different, but not like that. (laughs) No. Uh, Different, but the same. (laughs) Didn't you understand me? Yeah. No, no, we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. It's like it's it's you know it's a toddler. Like when they take a bite out of an uh, apple and they go like, "I want a new apple. This one's broken." (laughs) (laughs) But you wanted an apple, yeah, but not this apple. (laughs) Someone took a bite out of it. You, you You just did. Don't you remember? (laughs) I watched. You still have it in your mouth. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, so uh, as the Beezles start approaching, Amate tries to surrender, but Doctor Psyche is disappointed due to her not entering the state of war deity. Um, Cosmos appears and scares the Beezles away, and then he reverts to uh, Musashi and discusses with Amate over the responsibilities of gaining power. Uh, before she was then picked up by the cannon soldiers. He's like, let me, he goes, look, you gotta, you gotta make your own decision. Yeah. Don't choose out of fear is his thing. Make a choice because it's what you want to do. Not because it's, you're afraid that something else is going to happen. Right. Exactly. And which is, which is a good advice. Yes. For most. Yeah, exactly. Most choices made out of fear are, Generally, not your best. Right. Yeah. Right. You tend to make mistakes that way. Or at least get yourself. It's usually not the best choice out of whatever choices you have. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, So uh, we switch to Guy practicing his swordsmanship again as a juggler becomes even more feral after recovering from Kagutsu. Um, and I got to say that it was, it was a pretty good sword that fight. That was a decent sword fight. Yeah. Now, the fact that they were holding it on a spaceship, I don't think that's a good idea, but it looked good. Why, what's wrong with <laughs> I Okay, what are the odds that you're going to use a sword to damage something enough in the spaceship that's going to be like, oh, well, we have to abandon ship now because... Lightsabers are a far worse idea. Oh, no, no, I understand that. But the fact is a sword can probably go through metal because it's not that thick of a metal. It's just enough to keep the vacuum of space out. So it could probably go through it. I Well, first things first, I don't think they're fighting on the observation deck. Like, well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think... I don't know how big the ship is, so I don't know how much space they have true, to play in. true. But it doesn't look like it doesn't. It it looks like it's. I don't see any windows uh, unless we're looking through a window to watch this observation. We don't see the other wall, um, at least to my recollection. So um, I I honestly think that spaceships are a little hardier than you give them credit for. (laughs) Bet otherwise, I'm just saying it. I don't think it's a great idea. And you know it would blow out the windows. You're supposed to hold it in. Cover your mouth. I'm not saying sneezing. I'm just saying sharp metal object against flat metal wall. Not a great idea, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's a much safer option for metal than it is for the flesh and blood of which our two people are. Okay. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But it's a good fight. Um, Now that and uh, juggler uh, gets. Looks like he gets the guy's goat pretty good. It's a lot of percent. Right. Um, 
But it, he's like, no, he 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 let me win. Right, and he realizes that. that guy let him win, yeah. and then the guy that plays Dinah actually goes to talk to guy and says, no, 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 you can't let him win. He'll know you always have to do your best. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not giving him the satisfaction he needs. Right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Once in a while, you have to let your kid win at checkers. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta, but you gotta give him a good fight at it because that's gonna, <laughs> you know, because one day they're gonna beat you. Yes, yeah. eventually they will be dunk you. on you in the basketball on the and the you know in the back court, and you're gonna be like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> like, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> he he dusted the old man. Oh no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one wants to see that happen, but it will. Uh, it will happen. That's it right. It will happen. Um, meanwhile. Um, Amate brought Raigu to a secret tunnel which holds a huge uh, mural that depicts the history of their planet that is only known to the royal family. The Tree of Life's actual purpose is to disperse its seed across space and spread wisdom. Correct. Um, Now, while creating the fruit of wisdom, the tree also created two siblings, its protector, the war deity, and its destroyer, the Beezles. Um, when the queen Bezelb and the war deity meet, their intense battle can bring fatal disaster in the future. Raigu, however, is not convinced with this fairy tale. When the infected uh, monster attacks, the suffering from the citizens overload the empress's mind, causing her to burst into tears so much that it was sensed at this point by Shoei, right. the, the human Earth Elf, um, who was rendered comatose previously. And then he's like, oh, you know, and he. And they also up. show that all of the ultras hear her scream as well. Right. Guy and Musashi which, as well. Right. Well, I mean, not just those two, but also uh, you see Juggler actually heard the scream as well. Anybody that was an ultra actually yeah. heard her scream as well. That's what they kind of indicate. Yeah, I guess Juggler has latent psychic tendencies or something. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> So Amate, of course, decides to become the war deity, and Musashi advises her to keep moving forward towards the light uh, because she he sees her while she's you know marching towards wherever she has to go to do this, um, right. and he's like, "Let me see your eyes. I need to see your eyes. It's important." And uh, it's um, you know, it's you gotta. The only way you can stave off the darkness is to move to the light, no matter how far away it seems. Yeah, that's always the best way to do it. Yes. So the uh, monsters are starting to uh, land on the planet, and uh, Guy transforms into Orb and clears the Bezel. Well, no, they're flying through the asteroid belt. Oh, yeah, that's right. To get to the planet, and Guy transforms into Orb to kick one of the asteroids out of the way, fight the other Bezelbs. So that way they can get to Planet Canon. I love that he pun- literally punches through a guy and oh, yeah. busts the asteroid in half. Well, I didn't know that his <laughs> foot had that kind of power to it, but sure, sure, sure why not? Sure. <laughs> that, that, you know. I can't say that it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, what do you know? Uh, also, there's no friction in space, so like he can go faster. Sure, okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, that was a pretty great. 
that was a pretty great scene. And even jugglers like he's getting better really fast. Yes. Yes. Um, meanwhile, um, yeah, a lot of meanwhiles. In yeah. The, show, the Beazel army is about to advance to the cannon castle at dawn. The soldiers make their move while a ritual takes place. The infected, uh, chose you try to bombard the tree of life. Their attacks are quickly halted by an energy barrier. Uh, right. Made by none other than the war deity. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then the war deity arises. Right. And then everyone involved watches, watches in astonishment over the uh, war deity while Guy sinks into frustration from his own failure. Exactly. End of oh, episode. But yeah, <laughs> good. That, that was a cracker. Like I like uh, this episode. It was really... I mean, I'm getting... I want to see how they're going to get this completed. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Well, we only have a few more days. We'll get that. No, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm trying I can say to it up. now because we have, you know, six, six, seven days to get this completed. <laughs> yeah. 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 We got to get, we got to, we got to hustle. So, uh, um, at this point we are, uh, I just want to do some monster minutes on Vakashim and Viracron. Okay. Uh, not, they're not built really. Now, Vakashim is the one that's sort of robot looking. Um, his category is Terrible Monster. Oh, shockingly. Yeah. 65 meters tall, 78,000 tons. He is from the Yapul dimension. Oh, okay. um, Ironically, because we've been dealing with Yapul as well. Um, Ultraman Ace Episode 3, Burn Terrible Monster Hell. It's his first appearance. <laughs> I like the title. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was his late, uh, he appears again later in Ultraman or Borgen Saga. Right. That's where we have him. No, but he appears later than this episode too. Oh, so okay. He's going to stick around for a while. Okay. Created by Yapul from the television series, Ultraman Ace. Um, he is combined through or created through the combination of a space monster and a caterpillar. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, his subtitles are. Uh, single-horned terrible monster, or single-horned Gurin terrible monster. I don't know what Gurin means. Oh well, I'm not worried about it. Um, but yeah, he is. Um, let's see. Um, a little trivia. His naming sense was made when the designer thought up a fanged insect, bringing the words Kibamushi and. Mushikiba. I don't know what either of those are. So fair enough. Uh, that's yeah. not trivia for me because I don't get it. Uh, and there's <laughs> no explanation. Like, thanks. You should uh, just know. <laughs> yeah. He is also uh, a tribute to the Marase family who have played a role in both suit acting and designing monsters from series such as Godzilla and Gamera. Okay, oh, okay. Sure. That's a different story. Uh, Vakashim was the first terrible monster to be decapitated by Ultraman Ace. You know what I like about that fact? Go ahead, tell me. There's going to be more monsters decapitated by Ultraman Ace. <laughs> fair, fair. The it first of many. Only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is uh. the first of many terrible monsters to utilize possession, uh, but that's actually due to him being a form of Yapul. Um, he was originally set to appear in the film Great Decisive Battle, the Super 8 Ultra Brothers, along with Astromon's Twin Tail, uh, Mosarger, Tyrant, Eliking, Red King, and Gamora. They were replaced for unknown reasons. Okay. 
But he shows up in Ultraman Mebius, Never Ending Odyssey, Ginga, I guess Ultra Fight Victory, and then here in Ultraman Orb Origin Saga. Okay. Um, he can show up again. You never know. Yep. Vulcan Fire. He files, fires missiles from his nose and lasers from his hands. Uh, he can emit twin streams of fire from each of his hands. 70,000 sure. degrees Celsius. Sure. Sure. Why not? The angular missile. When needed, he can launch the horn on his head like a missile, and it has a homing effect. Okay. That's cool. It travels interdimensionally. It can become a human with a human disguise. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, he's an extraordinary jumper as well. Sure, why not? Yeah, why that's not? pretty cool. I like this monster. He's pretty cool. If you haven't seen him... Uh, Watch the series. That's yeah, the easiest way to do it. I love the fact that one of his powers with the uh, Kugutsu uh, infestation is he has space adaption, which means he can float through space with no ill effect. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Um, let's get the other one, which is uh, come on, Best Buy, stop putting pop ups on there, jerks. Yeah, they do that. Virocron, he's the the more uh, bumply looking monster. He's got like all the he looks kind of like a like a coral reef. Okay, okay, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah also from Yapool's dimension. Okay, fair enough. Terrible monster, 55 meters, 44,000 tons. First appearance is Ultraman Ace Episode 1. Shine, the five Ultra Brothers. Oh, God. (laughs) And he does show up a little later in Ultraman Orb Origin as well. He is the terrible monster, uh, is a missile terrible monster. Um, He was mentioned to be created by a combination of space monster and sea coral. (laughs) There you go, fair enough. It's a surprise to us, too, guys. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, it's the very first terrible monster that Ace fought. Um, I think that's pretty neat. Uh, in this particular one, let's see any trivia that we need to know. Um, Keiji Takamine, actor of Seiji Hokuto, stated that Virocron is his favorite kaiju. Um, wow. I tell you what, when we get around to Ultraman Ace, the second version of this, for some reason, they have two versions of them. Is okay. the derpiest face <laughs> thing you have ever seen. Fair enough. It, Fair he enough. just looks like he's trying to ask somebody to prom. It's <laughs> it's very funny. It's very very funny. Um, but he does show up in Ultraman Taro as well. Ultraman Mebius, uh, Mega Monster Battle Saga. Ultraman Saga, Ginga S, Ultrafight Victory, Ultraman X. I forgot he was an Ultraman I X. I forgot that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, and now Orb Origin Saga. So that's pretty okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like these two monsters. Yeah, they were um, very cool. Man, the second version of Veracron is just... When we get to it, we'll get to it. Goofy looking. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have, Pat, what do we have but time at this point? You know, Exactly. Like, exactly. It's all there is. So exactly, um, yeah. So basically, that's it, you guys. That's our that's our fifth episode of Ultraman Orb: The Origin Saga. Um, I this I think there's a lot of a, a really good uh, series to be watching. Really good series. Yeah, it's um something that's very bingeable. Uh, you yeah, knock you it out pretty quick. Five and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. If you're not doing anything on a Sunday, it's raining. Watch this you, series. Yeah, get yourself a nice cup of cocoa or something and, and watch this uh, curled up with your, your favorite person and or animal and uh, or alone if that happens to be your thing uh, if that's your gig that's your gig yeah and uh, yeah that's basically it so I'm gonna say what I didn't say last episode which was rate review and subscribe Duh. okay um, that happens yeah, what are you gonna do these things happen um, and uh, we will see you all tomorrow with another episode of Ultraman Orb Origin Saga uh, so on behalf of the Science Patrol my name is Rich Conroy I'm Pat Rooney Sally Forth Take care, everybody. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post-production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for the Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks from the Kaiju Cast. <laughs>